Hello. Hey, I know that voice. Hey, Cy, how's it going, man? That's that piano guy I can hear. Yeah. <laughs> guy who did uh, Walking with Memphis, right? <laughs> how's I'm it actually, going? I'm actually right now doing a song called Hooray for Tony. Oh, hooray for Tony in in uh, in honor of who? Uh, in honor uh, honor of Tony Larusa. You know who that is? Uh, he's either an actor or a he's basketball the, guy, one or the other. He's the uh, he's the baseball manager of the Saint, you know coach of the St. Louis Cardinals. All right. Great old friend of mine, and uh, he uh, uh, the, the Naris Group, the National Academy of the Recording Arts and Sciences, gave <laughs> me an award last month. Right. And. Uh, uh, I thought I'd give you my best Dick Van Dyke there. Anyway... It only uh, took you 20 seconds. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they gave me this award, and this and this great friend of mine, Larusa, who's, you know, his team went to the World Series this year, he, he flew across country to, like, to present me the award. So they're having a big birthday party for for Tony, and they asked me his favorite song is Who Ray for Tom. So I'm summing right. up his career in a comedic fashion, and I rewrote the words, <laughs> Hooray, Hooray for Tony... So when does this get airing? Oh, it's just at his birthday party in about a month. All right. Are you familiar with the great porno actress John Holmes? Uh, no, not off the top of my head. I'm not. I'm not really up on my porn actress. Uh, well, this guy was a legend. They called him Johnny Wad. Right. And his name was John Holmes, and so I've got a great line. His wife's name is Elaine. It goes, "Hooray, hooray for Tony! What a great career!" Elaine says he still performs like Holmes in his early years. <laughs> <laughs> that song was meant for him all along, really. Oh, wasn't it's it? right, exactly. It's going on the next record, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> I tell you what, this is about Bruce. I'd heard you throw like a, a ton of press over here, and then there's questions that I get asked that yeah. that I don't know. So I hope you do. And so I thought uh, maybe we could put some informed questions your way maybe yeah all those questions are great i, I kind of glanced at them go ahead okay so, so uh, how are the range bruce you still playing with them right <laughs> <laughs> maybe not is that a legitimate question you want me to answer no no please don't <laughs> <laughs> i want it just cool to last more than two minutes if i, I don't get i don't get too uh too much of that anymore but i certainly used i i certainly did for a good 10 to 12 years after we stopped playing you didn't even get it over here, right? You did a few sort of mainstream stations over here. Yeah, I don't think I even got it over over there. Maybe people's you know memories are, are getting are, are short enough that even if they didn't know I wasn't playing with them, they don't even think of you know who knows. So I'm not going to ask you uh, what it was like to play with Jerry either. I'll yeah, exactly. That okay, too, that's right? a good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just shut up and get on with it. Shall I? Uh, one of the questions that I'm. I always hear you get asked, you always ask who your influences are, and you always say sort of Elton John and Leon Russell. Well, and also the jazz guys, you know, Keith and Jarrett. It, more so, really, I, I say those, those guys are not so much influences, because I don't really think that my music really uh, has much of, you know, sounds much like them. But it, my, my influencers, of course, are much more to me the Keith Jarrett's and Bill Evans, you know, those are the jazz guys. Right. As far as my style of playing is much more, uh, it's, it's coming much more from those guys than it is from Elton and Leon. Sure. What about the other end of the scale, though, Bruce? Because what sort of new or emerging artists that you've that you've heard recently, or that the current ones on the scene, sort of make a good impression on you as well? Yeah. Well, okay. There's a there's a new singer out, uh, a girl named Nellie Mackay. It's spelled McKay. Right. Either M C K A Y or M A C K A Y. I'm not sure. Nellie McKay. 
it looks like it's McKay, but it's pronounced Mackay. Right. She's got a, she, her first album came out, it's a double album, <laughs> double debut album, and right. uh, she's, she's really clever, she's really uh, very talented, and uh, it's sort of all over the map stylistically, and you know, not all of it would be for, for, for everyone, but you can tell she's really got a lot. Uh, and she's a piano player, I take it. Yeah, I think she is a piano player, yeah. Um, right. Other than that, I mean, hell, I've. I heard a record by a rapper named Twista that I think is great. Unbelievable. Uh, He's got incredible chops as a rapper. This is just the fastest rapping I've ever heard. (laughs) Really? It's total virtuosic rapping. Right. Just just rapid fire. Twista. Twista. I'm not sure if that's with an A without even looking. I imagine it is. I'm just guessing that. (laughs) Have you, have you caught any of the British bands that's sort of taken over the world at the minute? Bruce is sort of keen. They're very piano-based, or, or Franz Ferdinand, or Coldplay. Or yeah, any you of know what? I've have, I've missed. Well, I certainly know Coldplay, and I think they're great. But I don't consider them to be new. Right. You know, I think they're really good. Um, I don't. I haven't. I've, I know who you, I've heard of Keen, and you know what is it, Franz Ferdinand? But I don't mm. know their music. I'm ignorant of it. Keen are quite piano-based. In fact, they well. Same, I guess, with much of the the new piano stuff over here. They get likened to you, but, th- but they're they're good storytellers. They're a good bunch, actually. They've, they've put one CD they've just put out, and I like them. Is anybody? Are any of these groups dealing with the piano on a deep level, or are they just kind of playing pop piano, just playing chords? Uh, Keen are probably the, uh, in this country, at least. Keen are probably the closest you would get. I can't yeah. think of anybody outside of that, really. That, that, yeah, I, I, never, I, I never hear anybody do that, you know, sort of really playing the piano. You know, once again, it's not, it's not uh, most people who listen to pop music, they don't want to hear that. No, well, I guess not. <laughs> well, I hear, I hear from these guys in the States especially. I mean, what about these? There are guys, uh, Josh Dodis, for instance. Is yeah, one. sure, I know him. And, uh, I mean, he's a great artist, but he's he's got no deal. And uh, is there any sort of words of wisdom you've got for the new guys who are trying to get a deal over there? Because it's got to be tougher now than even when you started. Yeah, it, well, it is. That's my standard line. I mean, it was very hard, when, very difficult when I was starting, but it's it's hard, harder now to me. And I think the reason it's harder is because uh, there's not as much... I don't think people are as interested in music as they used to be. I think and, and you know, record sales are so down and so... Uh, record companies are signing fewer bands, I think, than they used to, or fewer artists, and so there are not as many sort of slots available as there used to be, and there weren't that many then. So, mm. uh, my, but, so my uh, advice is always the same. Uh, you know, uh, find your own style, your own sound that's unique to you. It's very difficult to do, mm. and then you've just got to write songs that move people, and that's a, you know, it's easy to say that, and it's really hard to do, and it's totally intangible you know there's no uh, no formula but uh, you've just got it's a very simple task in theory very difficult in practice you have to make a tape that that someone can't stop listening to yeah right (laughs) it's uh, someone who who that that some frank that that more specifically that some jaded old music business A&R guy (laughs) who's heard it all can't stop listening to yeah, that's the target. That's the trick, and that's very difficult. Easy to say it, hard to do. Yeah, but but that's yeah, that's it's. I always it's the same. It's very simple to state it, but it's you know the the actual practice of it. I mean, yeah, very difficult. Here's a, 
here's a here's a name for you. This is this isn't a new name by any means. The reason I'm laughing is I probably know what your action's going to be, but there's maybe a few who'd be surprised by it. Eminem. Well, what about him? I love him. Yeah, the, we got a few bars of him when you came to London, and uh, everybody thought you were joking. Well, I mean, I don't think I was. No, I think he's. I don't know. I don't remember what I was doing at the time because I mean, I joke a lot. Lose yourself. Lose yourself. Oh, I think lose yourself is fantastic. <laughs> I love Lose Yourself. I love a lot of his music. I think he's incredibly clever, and uh, I think he's, uh, yeah, I mean, I can't say enough good about him. I think he's really great. I mean, obviously, he's he's made some statements in his lyrics that were incendiary, you know, that were controversial, and right. I'm not going to deal with that. Everyone, it's been dealt with enough. It's been driven into the ground, but as far as just pure, pure ability, pure creativity, and, and uh, craft, I think he's, he's right up there at the top to me. Good. Well, like I say, I, I get a lot of uh, musical guys that come and visit the Bruce.com thing. Yeah. And uh, amongst them, they have something of a cult following now, I think, amongst the people who come to see my site, is uh, a band that you came across in Copenhagen. Yeah. And uh, you got to share the stage with them a little bit. <laughs> That's right. Preacher in the Ring. Pardon? Preacher in the Ring. You did Preacher in the Ring. What do you know of these guys? You heard some of their stuff, right? Yeah, I heard there's. I heard there's. They sent me a CD once. I, 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 uh, I was most. I most enjoyed their version of Preacher in the Ring on that tape, uh, on that CD that I got. Uh, but yeah, that I, I loved going to that club. I'm so glad we did. It was a, it was a nice scene. I, I believe they're all school teachers, right? I think so. they actually. I think they all teach English. Yeah, that's right. right. So. I love the fact that a bunch of school teachers get together and play my songs. And, and that's, still, their, that's their still doing it. What's that? That's still doing it. They're having a bash at your new ones, I believe, at the minute. Oh, fantastic. Well, tell them I can't wait to hear. I'm all ears. I'd love to hear it. There's <laughs> something of a, a teenage prodigy out on the West Coast somewhere who does your songs as well. I've heard her. Uh, she sings and she plays, and she's really good. One of the things we've got going on on my site at the minute, we've got a, a, we're putting a little CD together of uh, people who've had a bash, much like the Danish guys, had a bash at one of your songs. Oh, great. And so they're circulating that amongst themselves when we've oh, done it. But, I'd uh, love to hear it. And this girl's very good, huh? She's very good. She had a bash at um, Katie Holtkamp, she's called. I think she's out in New Mexico somewhere. She's um, 17 or 18, I think. Yeah. And she had a go at I Can't Make You Love Me. Oh, uh-huh. And, uh, well, no, I didn't write that. I just played on it. But that's, that's, <laughs> not, that's not my song. But still, I mean, that's a... That's a great song. Yeah, yeah there's, there's that. And, and some of the stuff I get back from people is, is outstanding. So that's kind of a mini project we're all doing. It oh, that's next, great. So, uh, I can't wait to hear it. Get you, we'll put it your way. Yeah, great. Your own releases, I mean, you've put some of your live stuff out. Everybody's got excited now because you've put some of your live stuff from a couple of years ago up on the Internet. Yeah. And uh, Well, I was just going to say, uh, we, we, we're going to, we want very much to put up uh, a lot of the shows from this year. I just listened to several shows and, and some of them we could just put straight up, you know. I, uh, I, the, the reason we, two two things have to coincide. Two two, uh, two situations have to occur for me to allow one to be sold. One, I have to think the performance is top to bottom really strong. Right. And two, the the mix, the board mix of of Daigle, Daigle's board mix has to be, you know, a really good. He has to have lucked into or really capturing a great one, which he does quite often. Hmm. And so, so those two things have to happen at the same time. If there's a great performance, but the mix is no good, I don't want to put that out. If it's a, and obviously, if it's not the best performance, but the mix is really good, I wouldn't put that out either. So those two situations have to occur simultaneously. You have to get lucky 
for them to put out. So there were fully eight shows on that 2002 tour that qualified under, under those stringent yeah, requirements. A few would be uh, in agreement with that, and the same happened this time around as well in the last tour. Well, hopefully there will be. Uh, I, I, I've already listened to two or three that I think could easily go up there, and, I, and I've only dealt with maybe. Well, a lot of the, a lot of the shows are great. There's lots of them that could put up, and, and sometimes I might just put up one of the sets. Like for instance, the first set of Roanoke I listened to, I thought that was great. The second set was fine, but not special. So I would I would release just the first set. It's the special ones that get through, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And there, wasn't there a film shot for a, a video or a DVD somewhere along? The oh way? yeah, we just we're just about finished with that. And okay. it's, it's uh, I think there's uh there's a release there's a an air date on uh, something called HDTV coming out in February or March and then the the DVD itself should be released in June. And was that from a combination of shows? Or? It was called Three Nights in the Town. It was from all the three uh, uh, from from the three New York shows. Although oh. <coughs> it was cost prohibitive to record the solo show at Zankel, so that's not in there. But there are. Uh, little bits of solo piano here and there, me playing at the Steinway, at Steinway Hall, right. uh, meeting or hanging out with the old Steinway patriarch, Henry Z. Steinway, who's about 90 years old. Oh, wow. uh, so all of this will be on this uh, DVD, lots of behind the scenes. Uh, good, jolly uh, good show. Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, something people will really, will really enjoy. And, and, and the show at Town Hall was really good. That, that, it mostly comes from Town Hall. There are a couple of there are two songs from the Blue Note that that, that are in there, and oh, then wow. vir- virtually the entire Town Hall show. So it's a good two and a half, three hour DVD. Oh really? Yeah. Well, that's good going. Yeah, it's it's long. Have you ever given any sort of thought? To, I don't know if anyone's ever run it by you to broadcast in your concerts live over the net. I think some of them do video feeds, but I don't know whether that's something you've ever tapped. Into. Yeah, we, we we've I've thought about it, and I am intrigued by it. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I would do it. I, we've just got to figure out a way to do it. We, 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 uh, I'd be fine to do that. We've got to figure out how to do it. Yeah, good. I think the Red Rocks are, are sensitive ones, to, as they were termed. Did one or two in the Red Rocks like that. Was it was it, uh, uh, was it allowed to be seen live? Uh, yeah, I think it went out at the time. I think I've seen copies of it go out since. I think. Oh, okay, because that's a good show, those Red Rock sensitive one shows. Yeah, it, that was due to go out for DVD release as well. I know, it never happened. I don't know what happened. I think Bonnie Raitt said that she was interviewed, and she said it will probably come out when one of you dies. Yeah, exactly. That's right. I don't know what the problem is. Someone's got to sit there and go through a lot of footage that they don't feel like going through. I think that's the problem. Right, okay. Jackson's the one who's most willing to do that, but he hasn't stepped up yet. And, and you know, if he wants to, it's great. No one's pressuring anybody, but it is a good show. When you're up there, you, you guys are playing, you're obviously having a total blast up on stage. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. And there's, it, there doesn't appear to be an obvious... I mean, I've, you know, I've followed you around, and several people do. There doesn't appear to be an obvious set list at all. Oh, no, 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 never. And it, But how much of the show is... If any is predetermined, you, you, you sometimes literally, as you're walking out, you've got no idea what you're going to play when you sit down. <clears throat> well, yeah, it used to be that I would I would be real nice to the band, and I would at least I would at least tell them what the first song was going to be. Right. And they still always ask me, uh, but now I'll just go well because a lot of times I don't know, and so it, usually these days nothing is planned. I mean, right. not, that, not like much was playing before. It was only the first song. I tell them, well, let's start off with you know, see the same way, or let's start off with Great Divide, or let's start off with Shat. I'll start off so something like that. But mm. uh, 
Uh, but now it's uh, just watch it. Just just follow me, boys. When you're up there, then, and you're you're a busy worrying the hell out of your band because you don't know what you're going to play. Is, is is it always you that calls the shots then, or is there, is there any point when somebody else takes over or takes the lead with? You know, one time, a few, a, maybe a, I forget when it was. Sometime in the last four or five years, we tried it. We 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 played a night where it went around the you know around the band, starting off say with JT and then Doug, then JB, then right. the, then whoever was playing drums and uh, uh, Bobby, then me, and then around and around. We tried that. But it was only okay. It wasn't. It didn't. It wasn't. It wasn't that successful. Right. Uh, and you know, it's not like it's no no flies or you know no blaming anyone. It just this just didn't seem to have a great flow to it. Uh, so it's pretty much me calling the shots. Um, trying to think. Every now and then, though, so we'll I'll have Sonny go out and just start the show. Yeah. And and I'll say on the drums, and I'll say, hey, just lead us into something, and we'll come into it. So that happens now and then too. Yeah, I can see that working. Yeah, you know, he'll just play a group, or sometimes I'll just say, hey, go out and play, and you play something, and I'll just uh, I'll hear the groove and just pick a song that goes with that feel, and we'll play that. Sure. <laughs> so that that'll happen. In fact, that's that happened at the uh, at the Blue Note. He, I said, hey, just go out and play, and I'll just figure out something to play. And he, he, uh, he went into this Latin feel that that uh, made me think of what a time, and we went into that. Right. And that's on the DVD. That's not a, a song that gets a particularly uh, frequent airing, is it? So, M- more so this year, though. All right. More so this year, and who knows why? <laughs> I think it's just because he plays it so well. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, so much of the time, uh, songs get played. Based on uh, the frequency of songs played, is is so often I think it's pretty uh, understandable. So often tied to how we feel about how we're playing them, you know, in the, in that certain time period, you know. Uh, yeah. Um, you were, I, I have to, well, we'll deal with the big swing. You have a question about the, the lack of big swing face, and that sort of is sort of related to this. But I'll wait till you ask me the question to answer that specifically. But uh, but so often. You know, like for instance, there were many songs through the years with different drummers that we couldn't play because it just never felt right. Right. You know, but with Sonny, we can do everything. There's not one song in my in my you know bag of songs yeah. that we can't play, and that's the first time, frankly, that's ever happened. Because he came in at really, did he come in at really short notice before you guys went on tour? Was it two or three years ago? Yeah, not so much short notice. He, the first couple of gigs he did with zero notice. But yeah. Those were like just those were like little one-offs or private, you know, private shows that no right. one heard. Or like we, his first show was at this bluegrass festival in Austin, and he came in and I met him and we started playing. <laughs> And bluegrass isn't the easiest thing to sit down and do straight away. Well, we, we weren't really playing bluegrass so much. That was just we were just trying to play anything that we thought we could do without completely sucking at it. But uh, no, the guy who came in with really no rehearsal was uh, Mike Baker. Because the reason being, we were supposed to have rehearsals, but he was having a child at the time, and I didn't want him to miss his. Mm. I'm such a slack leader, frankly. <laughs> I didn't want him to miss his the birth of his child, so I said, "Hey, just you know, just 
don't worry about it. <laughs> well, the end result wasn't exactly obvious. He was a great guy. Fantastic. And he sat in, yeah, right. Yeah, but Mike Baker changed the way the drums were played on my gig. He, he yeah. really uh, changed it. Molo, of course, had, had played with me for so long and, uh, you know, had, had done great things, but there were lots of times where I was hearing a letter sound in my head that I wasn't hearing on the stage. And, and so Mike came in, and although he was unrehearsed and it was loose, well, then after that tour, we did have rehearsals, and then he was, you know, well rehearsed. But uh, uh, we did the same thing with Bonnie Bonaparte. He came in and uh, with, with no rehearsal, but these were private shows, so it was easier. Mike came in with public shows with no rehearsal. That's harder. Yeah, good. <laughs> but anyway, Sonny, you know, he was fairly rehearsed once we... Like that five-week tour that, that eight shows, or, you know, for, uh, that five-week tour from 2002, he, he pretty much had a clue. But it's a high learning curve on, on my uh, gig, mostly because there's so many songs. Absolutely. And so that's tough for anybody, but he's, uh, he, you know, I can't say enough about him. I mean, he really is uh, an, a fantastic, amazing musician on so many levels. He's got an incredible memory. He can play any feel. And so you know, so and he can juggle his drumsticks. Yeah, <laughs> well, that yeah, of course that's that's the flashy thing that 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 seems to uh, you know impress crowds. But and you know that's great, all great stuff. But you know that's not. Yeah, I'm being if, silly. If, yeah, if we you. had a guy that just that did that, but but couldn't do all the other things he does, we would not keep him. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, that's just pure. That's great flash, very crowd pleasing, but. Uh, sure. But that's not what it's all about at all. What he, the great things he does are just his you know, great musicianship and his great groove. Sure. Well, one, on the last tour specifically, one observation that you made yourself was that I think you said you dutifully played uh, the number of hits on each show. Yeah, that was a manager's request. Right. Uh, he said, uh, he, he, he said, you know, you, you don't play your hits enough. You don't, he, he said, you know, you go to anybody's show and they're playing their hits and, and, and and I you know I had to agree with him on the level of you know when I go to a concert yeah. uh, or certain kinds of concerts I there, I I'm all I'm hoping I'm going to hear songs that I know and love sure and so I understood it uh, so this year uh, we did that like I say dutifully I dutifully played. Usually no less than three, and sometimes as many as five or six if we put in the you know the, the secondary hits like Look Out Any Window or Across the River, you know. But I, mm. I think I think virtually every night, not every night, but virtually every night, I played the big three, you know, Way It Is, End of the Innocence, Mandolin Way. Yeah. And uh, so you know, I'm aware that you know, so maybe long, uh, uh, you know, true fans and people who come to hear us a lot will get burnt with that. So it's a tough. Uh, a tough balancing act, if you know what I'm saying. Sure, uh, I guess on the other end of the scale, it's not like they heard the same version of it two days in a row. Well, that's, that, that's true. Like, End of the Innocence particularly, we really went through lots of uh, crazy uh, <laughs> changes this year. And that's going to happen because, uh, you know, because I'm a restless person and I get really bored with it. But I, I could tell toward the last, the last one-third of the tour that there were certain nights where uh, it's where you know I could tell oh, this is a little stale. I need right. to do something with it. But you know, like way it is, for instance, uh, that that arrangement we do that never fails to sort of jack up the audience. Yeah. And so you know, I I enjoy playing it. I love playing it solo. 
Uh, so that's the good news for me, that, that I, I don't really get tired of those songs. I mean, obviously there are hits. There's one hit in particular, one of my biggest hits, that I never played because it doesn't ring true to me anymore. I don't care about it anymore, and that's Every Little Kiss. And, you know, so I, I, I haven't played right. that probably for two years. Right. And I just don't, and because it's not something that, you know, luckily most of my songs, uh, you know, songs that were written at an, 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 another part of my life, you know, an earlier yes. part, yes. most of them uh, still ring true and hold up through the years. Every now and then, some don't. Right. That never occurred to me that I hadn't heard that one for a while, but you're right. Yeah, well, it's, it's good it hadn't hurt Curdy. You didn't miss it. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and, and sometimes I hear, you know, ladies in the audience screaming out, Every little kiss, you know. Yeah. And I go, well, you know, I know it might be probably the only reason you're here. I seem to sit next to that lady quite a lot when I oh, go. Oh, you do? <laughs> yeah. yeah well, I hear it quite a lot. Yeah, oh, right. you hear every little kiss a lot? Yeah. Yeah, well, so that's just one that I'm just not there for because it just doesn't, it's just, it feels, it doesn't ring true to me anymore. It's just, it, it doesn't yeah. wear, it doesn't wear well. It hasn't aged well, at least for me. Yeah. We, you, you kind of alluded to Big Swing Face and you, you knew I was going to ask it. Well, I just saw the questions, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't have them in front of me, but I, I saw they're in the house. I'm in the studio now. And it, it was it was asked of me actually. Was it a conscious decision to play less of that record? Or? No, you know, a lot of a lot of what we play really is uh, really is uh, influenced by the requests. And to be perfectly honest, Big Swing Face is not songs from Big Swing Face are not uh, so requested. Right. They're not so oft, often requested, and uh, uh, that's one reason why they're not played. But another reason is. Because of the nature of the record, a lot of it's really reliant on loops and and little and and sort of uh, technological trickery. Right. And it that to me, it kind of hamstrings you live. We like to just be able to play, uh, and 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 just so that's so that that's that that makes it difficult for the songs to really uh, to really flourish live to me. Uh, right. It's uh, and the rest of it's kind of intangible. It's kind of hard to put your finger on, because uh, when we do play, like for instance, "Place Under the Sun" has become a real good live song, but we don't play it enough. There are things that, that don't, that uh, for some reason don't come up. Uh, whereas, guess... like the Spirit Trail songs, they have just grown and grown and grown, and they're just so broad and expansive. They all just feel so big to us. They just feel. Feel like large songs when we play them now. Resting place, you know. Uh, so, five. What's that? So a lot of it depends on where you're at, then I guess, in the crowd, and uh, as to what we hear. Yeah, and, and the requests. Yeah, and the requests are, are very, very important. Yeah. Sure. So are, are the tours going to keep coming regularly, or are you at a point <laughs> now <laughs> where you think it's time to sort of take a rest a bit, or lay off the road a bit? Or I, it's hard to say, Cy. It's. I mean, we we will certainly always tour because it's fun for us. But it does. Uh, I must say, toward the end of the tour, the last two or three weeks, I was actually getting headaches, which is something I never get from just burnout. And it's not physical burnout as much as just. It's just uh, psychological, just like, uh, I think it's the never-ending sort of uh, being care- never-ending task of being careful on the road with your health, worrying about where you, right. you know, if you're going to have your voice, all your voice, and, you know, yeah. doing five shows in seven nights is a grind. 
Sure. And it takes its toll. And you uh, had a problem with your wrists as well. Yeah, and that was a problem. So, so you're always have, having to be so careful. So you're, you're sort of living under this this you know weight of of expectation and and uh, sort of fear actually that you uh, that you won't be there. You know that that you're that that you. You have to be so careful all the time, I guess. It, yeah. And that's a that's just a drag after a while, and it just beats on you. So. Uh, well, when the, the end product is in the public eye, when you've got hundreds or thousands of people watching you, then then it's, I guess that is a pressure. Well, yeah, it's yeah, it's mostly right. I feel the pressure now. It's, it's funny. I get nervous before shows now more than I used to, and I think it's because we've been doing this a long time. So I really appreciate the people that still come, or or, or new people that come, uh, and I feel the great desire and need to uh, really be great. <laughs> and it's hard to be great. And so, uh, but our I, I think our band is. I frankly think our band generally is real close to that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, wouldn't you say that the people that do that have followed you for all that time back since the mid '80s or whatever? They're there for a very good reason, and they're, they're well, following... Yeah, they're, they're following an ever-moving, ever-hopefully-progressing uh, situation, and I, I really think, uh, and I think a lot of people have said this, I think the, the band we have now is the best band we ever had. It's the best you've had, yeah. I mean, Molo told me he thought that. Right. You know, for instance, when he heard us, he said, this is, Bruce, the best band you've ever had. Uh and uh, you know, lots of people, lots of my musician friends have told me this. Uh, so you're doing something right, basically. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So these are great times for us in that sense. And so because of that, uh, there's no reason for us not to do, to tour because we we like to play. Everyone likes to play. Uh, one difficult thing for us though is that uh, in Sonny's case, he's a very in-demand guy. He's one of the great drummers, and so you know he gets gigs. You know he gets offers to play with you know big-time arena acts that can pay, afford to pay him a lot more than I can. Sure. And so that makes it tough, so we you know, we never know if we can have him. We're having, from this last tour we got, we're getting so many great offers to play, so many great uh, festivals and mm. and gigs. Uh, uh, but, you know, so we just got to see if we can do them. I, I do think we're going to do some shows uh, sometime in the April, May, June time period, but I'm just not sure. Sure. A lot of it has to do with Sonny's situation. Absolutely, yeah, I can see. I mean, I don't want to get another drummer, you know, sort of a replacement guy, sort of a fill-in guy for Sonny, but that may have that may happen uh, mm. if, if we have, you know, we don't want to do it because we feel like this is the band, and it's really developed greatly, this band. But, you know, we may have to if he gets some offer he can't refuse. Absolutely. So what are you up to at the minute, apart from writing dirty songs for Tony LaRusso? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I just played on uh, my friend Bill Evans' record. You know, a guy, the, the sax player who played with us at the Blue Note. And right. Just sat in with him. I just played, played, uh, recorded on his record. I'm getting ready to uh, record on this uh, Vassar Clements record that we did. The whole band playing. You know, Vassar Clements, the great fiddle player. From yeah, Vassar. I've heard of him. Yeah. Uh, he was in Garcia's band, Olden in the Way. That, that old bluegrass. Oh, that's band. where I've heard of him from. Then. And uh, so I'm doing Vassar's record, and then. Uh, the big news is that March, uh, the first two weeks of March in uh, in Hendersonville, Tennessee, we're finally starting the Ricky and Bruce record. Oh, you, have you written for that, or is that? I've got some new songs. Yeah, I'm going to do some old traditional songs. I've got all sorts of things. Oh, that's coming up too. Oh, good. 
Yeah, so that's uh, that's the first two weeks of March recording in uh, in you know near Nashville. So the the Skags and the, the Ricky and Bruce records finally getting off the ground. Well, what what happened to the the record that the story goes that you had had this record that was written and then you played it to one of the RCA yeah, guys, right? And he said, no, give us something different. Let's and you came up with Big Swing Face. That's right. Is the, so the record that you had done, is that what became Halcyon Days? Or? Well, about one-third of it or so. I think four songs. Um, right. Let's see, what were those songs? Circus on the Moon, Dreamland, Lost in the Snow, Hooray for Tom. Right. Those, those four songs I had then. So you've got more in the vault just for when you feel like them, or that's... No, no, I'm saying... Those, those, well, well, okay, right, the other songs... Yeah, you know, a, a couple of songs from that record ended up on Big Swing Face. The, oh, the, right. chill, the chill is a song from that record. Right. Uh, it's a song from the original record. It's, it's you know, kind of very different. We re-recorded it, but it's the same song. Um, maybe one more. I'm trying to remember what the other one was that was uh, from that record. Uh, maybe The Good Life, I'm not sure. Right. That you can hear those songs or sound more like what could have, you know, sort of, sort of more normal Bruce, you know. <laughs> normal Bruce. Uh, as normal as that record, as normal Bruce as, as was on that record. Uh, right. Uh, other songs. Oh, one of the songs from that record, from that, orig- that, that original record, became Shadowland for Spike Lee's uh, movie. Of, uh, oh yeah, yeah. The Bamboozle. Yeah. So that so most of that most of the songs that comprised that first record have been used here and there. Right, know. so you've given uh, them an airing in other departments. Yeah, that's right. Uh, someone would make a request for, for something. Uh, um, uh, are you familiar with that thing I did for the Tiger Woods Buick ad? Uh, yeah, yeah, the, there was an instrumental. Song G, yeah, yeah, instrumental. That was one of them, too. <clears throat> All right. No, I've got a few, I've got some new things for my new record. Uh, <clears throat> I've got about maybe four, five, six things and, I, and a ton of ideas. I've got a. It's not like you ever sat on your hands, really, is it? No, not well. It, I just, you know, you you live in the world, and you just go around and have your experiences, and and you and or you hear music that influences you and inspires you, and and uh, gives you ideas. And so I I write down those ideas, and I've got just a, a load of them. Um, and so yes, I, I've but I've just got to find the time to work on it because I'm doing these projects. I'm doing this to just play. You know the Bill Evans, the Bastard Clemens, the Tony Larusa, the Ricky Skagg, and, yeah. and 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 so I've got to find the time to get back to this uh, to, to this other to, to get back to uh, starting record number whatever the hell it's called. It is ten or eleven. <laughs> right. We're talking about those ideas when it, the Halcyon days, the the whole project, the the cover, the the lyrics, it was a de- there seemed a definite circus theme. Oh yeah. That the clowns and the clown around. Was there any reason for that or any reason that the circuses in particular got you for that one? Or? Well, it, 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 as I was looking at the lyrics, I, I saw that there were you know, several references to clowns and circuses. You know, look in the mirror, see a clown's face. Got to yeah. take it off, got to get myself straight. You know, uh, um, feeling so helpless, mostly I'm a clown. Yeah. From, you know, the song Halcyon Days. Uh and of course, circus on the moon. And I mean, I'm here with the elephants. I'm cleaning up mess. <laughs> uh, uh, so I just felt there was a there was a, a bit of a recurring theme, and it was enough to make me go into the uh, the uh, so use that as as as, a, as an artistic motif. 
what, what specifically was Circus, what was the inspiration behind Circus on the Moon? What is that song yeah, about? Yeah, Circus on the Moon is about, it was inspired by the school shootings of a few years ago. You know, being a parent, you know, you respond to, if, if, you respond to these stories in the news, like like Lost in the Snow is the okay. same situation. It was, a, it was a newspaper article I read about a kid who was out, you know, shopping, uh, uh, chopping down a Christmas tree with, tree with his family and got lost and was never found. And, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're not a parent, you read that story and you're affected in a certain way. When you are a parent, I believe you read that story and you're affected much more deeply. And that was a true story. Yeah, that actually happened, I think, out in the Pacific Northwest. And so, uh, so same with Circus on the Moon. It was a, you know, for a couple of years there. It was this, this run of school shootings, and uh, wow. it, it, it seemed like the the, the, the kids involved, you know, to, uh, it was that was a common thread there's a common uh, situation with the kids uh, where the, uh, in which they were not they were all you know, not getting much attention uh, they were just sort of loners and they were outcasts and and so I wrote this song inspired by that right that's about all I had I think Bruce actually they've been gassed well, for about three quarters of an hour there that's loads of it. Yeah, that's loads of boring shit for the people. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you giving the time up. It, yeah, my pleasure, man. It's uh, good to do that. It's good to catch up with you as well. So Yeah, uh, man. Okay. Well, thanks for your time with all that. I appreciate it. It's so, always uh, a pleasure, man. Thanks a lot, Sock.